it's just not possible. But if you're deeply in your feminine where you can ask for help, you can hire people when you don't want to do shit and you've got no problem being like, I want help in this area. You're an amazing lover because you prioritize yourself and that you prioritize your relationship. And then you can also be a mom because everything's in flow. Like that shit is sustainable. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I am your host, Monica Yates, the period whisperer, a trauma healer, and an embodiment coach for both men and women. Well, obviously periods just for women. I am a double Sagittarius, a rising Gemini, an Enneagram 8, and a generator. I know, it's a lot. I'm here for it. I help women to get into their magnetic as fuck feminine energy and for men to feel ecstasy and intimacy. In these episodes, I love to talk about things that people are thinking but too afraid to say, as well as educating you on everything that I know in this brain, body, and soul of mine. You can find all the ways to work with me on my website. And with that, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another podcast. I am sitting at my new fucking desk today and it is, it just turns me on. Honestly, I definitely want to have sex on this desk. Just saying. Um, I feel like I've created, like, you know when, why is the Soho Grand phoning me? Hold on. Okay, well, I found a pair of my black sandals that had been delivered a long time ago, but no one could find them and now they found them. Anyway, they're a nice pair of shoes. So, um, not sandals, heels. They're like sandal heels. Whatever. That's really beside the point. I'm sitting in my dream office and I was just thinking about this the other day of like when I was little and like when I was a teenager and even beyond when I was a teenager, like when I was watching Suits and stuff, I always had this kind of like, oh, I wish that like a part of me wanted to be corporate, like wanted to work corporate because I just wanted a sexy fucking office with a New York City view and I wanted to have like my whiskey on my desk not that I even fucking drink whiskey but it doesn't matter and I wanted to have like an alcohol like bookcase thing and I just wanted it to be like a really masculine sexy office well I have that in my home doing my dream job and I am not working corporate um nothing wrong with working corporate just I would not survive in that environment absolutely not um but like I've said to Sarah and Sarah that I um will never even be, get an office now that I live in this building in New York because my building has better views than majority of offices. And uh, yeah, like why would I leave my gorgeous home to go to an office when I now have a stunning one here? So anyway, long story short, I'm at my new desk. It's a vibe. It's sexy. The end. Today's episode um, is another episode that we are just like recycling because I've been really really busy and I will record some more episodes that are solo for you guys coming up in the next few weeks but for now we're using an episode that I was a guest on for my friend Christina's podcast and it's a great episode we do we talk about period stuff libido but we also talk a lot about feminine launching and business stuff um so that's kind of a little bit of a little bit of anything uh, it's a little bit of everything in this episode so it kind of suits all of you guys whether you want some period info whether you want some feminine info whether you want some business info whatever it is um you can get access to it in this episode and um tomorrow I'm going to be recording a bunch of mini episode episodes with some of my past um, Badass Bitches Academy clients that are killing it with their businesses. Um, and they're going to be sharing some business tips with us that help them get where they are now. And they all have very different businesses, which I love. So that's what we're going to be doing. That's what you guys also have coming up over the next week. We're going to drop one every day. It's going to be a 15 minute episode, short, sweet, and spicy. Um, as we are opening up Baba, uh, next week I think next week if you're listening to this in live time also I have added in the masterclass I did for the female hustlers into our bundle they actually fucked us over they fucked everybody over in the thing without getting too into it so I'm just like not aligned with that anymore and I just don't want to be promoting a company that has been really fucking rude um so we've actually put the um the amazing, bougie, very high quality masterclass that I did for that in the Feminine as Fuck Beginners Bundle. So if you're not in that bundle, if you don't have it, I would highly recommend that you get it. It's almost like a membership, but it's not because it's a one-time fee. Um, and then you get access to like all the updated stuff in the future. So it's $111 at this point in time. And um, it's got, uh, it's over three, it's over $6,300 worth of value. There is hours of content in there, like a shitload. Um, there's the attachment styles masterclass in there that will change your fucking life. There's a beautiful turning fear into love circle that I did from when COVID started last year. There is now this business masterclass. There's other business masterclasses. There's stuff on intuition. There's literally so much stuff in there. So I highly recommend that you get that. It's only like hundred bucks. So why not? Um, and listen to, and watch that, um, 
masterclass if you're interested in business stuff. And then obviously Baba's going to be opening, which has everything you ever will need to run a business. And I keep adding to it. So um, I'm also going to be adding modules about hiring, firing, scaling, recording a podcast, starting a podcast, all that kind of stuff. So no matter where you are in your business, it's got stuff for you in there and it will continue to do so. It does have that balance of both like the masculine, how to do things and also the feminine um, things in that program as well. Anyway, without further ado, let's dive into this podcast episode with Christina and have a good day. I'm so excited to have you on Monica. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. This is like a very exciting conversation for me because like most of the episodes that we have are more entrepreneurship, kind of like business focused. And selfishly, this is a topic that I'm wanting to delve into more myself personally (laughs) this year. And also I feel like, especially when it comes to tapping into your feminine women that are entrepreneurs and like super hustlers struggle big time with that. I know that I do. So this is going to be a really big, helpful conversation for everybody. Let's start with like how you got into all of this. Okay. So I'll give a really long story short so we don't waste too much time. <laughs> um, and if anyone wants to like know the long story, they can go listen to it on my podcast because like it's a long fucking story. Really short story. Hated being a woman when I was younger. Thought that like it was like the worst thing. Men had it so much easier X, Y, and Z. Had the world's worst periods would like literally sit on the toilet and just like chilled there for two hours while my period was bled out of me like pee. So I hated all of that, hated my cycle, hated having a period, went on the pill as most girls do when they're young because that quote unquote fixes the problem, which it fucking doesn't fix the problem at all. You know, my daddy wound was that I wanted constant validation from men. So that's the way that I would get validation was just like sleeping with men, always wanting attention from men, not having boundaries with them, that kind of stuff. Anyway, then I was on the pill for a while. I was doing my gap year, becoming a ski instructor in Canada. And I started to get my period every, my my drug induced bleeds. I was on a real period. I started to get that every two weeks whilst I was still on the pill. So I was like, okay, something's up, but just like kind of ignored it. Went on a higher dose of a pill because that's of course how you fucking fix the problem, quote unquote, which isn't. And then after a while, I came back to Australia, broke up with that boyfriend and oh, I was with another boyfriend at the time. And then I started to lose my drug induced bleed altogether on the pill. And I started to drop a lot of weight. And it got to the point where it was like, you would have thought that I was anorexic, but I was eating like a horse and it was literally going in one end and straight out the other within like five minutes. And so I then was like, okay, I'm like, my period's gone whilst I'm on the pill or like quote unquote period, I am losing so much weight and I'm not trying. And of course, in the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is great. Cause I was like, you know, fucked in the head from the media. Thank you. Then I got to a point where I was like, this actually isn't great because my bum, it hurts to sit down. I've lost my bum. And in my family, there is no such thing as no bums. Like we all have booties. Yeah. Like no period, no libido, just no desire to even like look at men, be with men, like with my boyfriend at the time, I feel fucking sorry for him when I think back to it of like, how did you deal with that? Like, so then I was like, okay, broke up with him. And I was like, I need to come off the pill because this is not right. Something is wrong. Came off it, lost my period, had no period for 18 months. Went to a naturopath eventually after like 12 months, did all mm-hmm. the things, the herbs, the blah, blah, blah. Like it was like helping maybe a little bit, but like nothing was like fixing the problem. Then I started dating another guy. And he was like super masculine into all the personal development stuff. I met him at Tony Robbins. So it was like that kind of guy. And then I got my period back when I was with him. And that led me to believe and start this kind of thinking of like, I wonder if there was some correlation between me dating him and getting my period back. And he was the kind of guy where it was like, he would do everything. So I was like really forced into my feminine. I didn't really understand it at the time. I didn't know what my feminine was. I was super wounded. I was really like in my hyper-masculine, like grinding, hustling, working hard, burning myself out, super cold, super unemotional. I thought that was the way to be like play hard to get X, Y, and Z because that'll make them like you. Just, I was very like avoidant, disassociated, just like unattached, didn't really give a fuck about anything. Meanwhile, he's a cancer. So you just like, there you go. So it was just like complete opposites and not in a like, not in like a sexy polarity kind of way. And then I got my period back. That was all great. Then I had a really bad ski accident and I lost my period again and because of the like the stress from the ski accident and then I got it back again a while after so it was really during a couple years ago I started getting really into human psychology when I was dating this guy his name was Chris I was really into human psychology and understanding the brain I'd done my life coaching certification and I was trying to get my period back started kind of talking about it on my Instagram at that point I had a food blog I was a food photographer getting so much 
feedback and interest about it, that I kept talking about it. Then I was with him, got my period back. I was like, huh, I feel like there's a correlation there. Like my intuition was like, this is like, he did this kind of thing. Cause it's all the dopamine, the serotonin, your libido comes back. Cause you're having all these fucking orgasms and you're around a man. And like, it's actually studies that show that women that hang around more men have higher amounts of progesterone. So it's all actually a, a thing. And then I started to kind of be like, I feel like there's a correlation between what your brain is doing and like your happiness levels and everything like that. And then your period and being around men and all that kind of stuff. Then he said something to me when we got in a fight and he kind of like snapped and he was like, you are such a cold bitch. And that was when I was just like, and like kudos to him because I fucking was. And that's when I was like, wow, I really need to fix this. Like I'm thinking this is attractive. I think this is cool and it's not. And he said something to me that like, I will never forget. I always used to think that like doing anything was like needy. Like, I don't want to text you first. That's needy. I don't want to like say this. That's needy. And he said to me, Monica, why don't you swap needy with caring? So every time you don't want to text me, I take it as you don't care. And that like changed my world of like, wow. And that started to me to like, kind of be like, I need to like, look at myself. There's something going on here because I am actually really cold. I am like, a bit of a bitch, to be honest. And so I started to then like delve into all the personal development work. And I started to do period coaching for my clients. Like I just had like a focus around that because that's what I got. I got my period back and everything. And all my clients wanted to kind of like do that kind of stuff, understand their cycle and blah, blah, blah. And then I just basically started to pick up this trend of my clients that were really like stressed and in their masculine and not in their feminine, all that kind of stuff were like constantly missing their periods, had PCOS, couldn't fall pregnant, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, also I want to say at this time, I've like healed all my shit, like rapidly changed myself within literally like two weeks, went to like a four day deep immersion thing, got out so much anger, did so much release work towards men. All my shit was towards men. I never really had that many problems towards women. It was like, just, it was just like this fuck men thing and released all of that. And literally it was crazy. Cause then I started dating another guy. I feel like I've, it sounds like I've dated like a million guys, but I like, I've, I, it's been a while. It's okay. Um, I've been there too. But, but even still, who the fuck We're talking years. Like, I embrace that shit anyway. I love yeah. men. Um, so then I dated, started dating another guy straight off actually like straight after this like four day thing and I remember like sitting on the sofa with him one night and being like fuck I like one week ago I could not have even like put my hand on his leg I could not have even told him you look really nice today or I love hanging out with you like I would have just not said any of that shit because I didn't want to be needy so I rapidly changed, up leveled X, Y, and Z became so deeply embodied in my feminine. And I remember sitting in my chair, I was living in Sydney at the time, sitting in my chair, looking out over the harbor and just like stopping and breathing and being like, oh my God, I actually feel so relaxed and happy and like deep inner peace for the first time in my life. It was just like, literally it was like a switch had flipped. I can't even describe it. And then from that point onwards, I just that now this has become my whole business of like helping women get into their feminine, doing shitloads of stuff around trauma work. Cause that's just like the peanut butter to my jelly and all this period stuff. And now the way that generally women will come to me for period help once they've like done the healthy eating, they've gone to the naturopath and like shit still isn't working. And that's where my work now comes in of like, I understand all the nutrition and X, Y, and Z. I do all of that, but it's generally actually more about the energy side of things. What trauma are you holding in your womb? Like how open is your heart? Like, are you embodied in your feminine? What are your adrenals doing? And how is all of that hormonal side tied to the energy side of things? And like the results have been like, I can't describe them. Like women fall pregnant after not being able to fall pregnant for years. They'll like do when I programs work with me, whatever they fall pregnant. And it's like, I can't even explain it. It's just like, I can only boil it down to they held on to a lot of trauma. Their womb was like fully not an environment for a baby. And then they released all that. And then the baby was like, ha, now that's a happy home that I want to go into, like on a spiritual level. And women's periods come back magically after seeing like so many doctors, it's gotten to the point where it's like, you're about to go on hormonal replacement therapy kind of thing. And then like their period comes back and it's just like, and every time it's magical. I'm now at kind of at a point where it's like, of course, but it does every time it's still like, amazes me and makes my heart just burst it's like no amount of periods coming back can make me feel amazed by like the magic of this shit I don't even understand so that's kind of me I have like so much that I want to touch on in terms of like trauma and healing from your childhood that's like something that I've become very interested in because I feel very blessed to have had a great very supportive childhood 
but I've learned, you know, a few things. I'm like, oh, that's why I act that way towards men. That's why I've always been more of the pusher with men. And that's why I'm like a little bit colder sometimes like you. But I first want to talk about the pill because I feel like we have been fed like such a lie about what birth control does. It's like literally any problem that you have, whether it's moodiness or not getting your period or missing your period, same thing, just you know, lack of sex drive. It's like pill, pill, pill. And I read the book Beyond the Pill. I'm sure you've read it. Can you talk a little bit about like why having your period is so important? Because I know a lot of people listening are probably on the IUD. I'm on the IUD, but like, what's the process for someone that maybe is getting off of the IUD or hasn't had their period in a while? Like, how can they start getting that back? And I know you said it's more connected to like energetically feminine energy. Yeah. There's always two sides of it. Like I always want to look at the nutrition side as well, because I don't want a client's body to be like really deprived of B vitamins and me just be like, Oh, let's just like do the woo because like you need both of it. Firstly, I want to say, so my problem with like the pill, the IUD, X, Y, and Z, my problem with it is that when you go to a doctor, you are, I mean, I was never, I don't know anyone else that was very rarely, let's just say, given every single option because the doctor doesn't sit there and say, you also have the fertility awareness method where you track your cycle, know your cycle X, Y, and Z, and your heavy periods are caused by estrogen dominance and low progesterone. You need to take turmeric, eat more brassica vegetables, X, Y, and Z. It's like, you've got the pill, the IUD, blah, 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 shot X, Y, and Z. And my problem is that the marketing around it, and I, I do hate it when I see it on social media of like, you know, birth control has allowed women to be empowered. And I'm like, uh, no, it fucking hasn't. Birth control has actually, we've actually given our power away to the medical industry. We have lost our power in our cycle. If you choose to go on the pill because you have looked at every method, including natural methods, and you're like, no, that is what feels the best for my body, then amazing. You fucking do that. My problem is that we women walk into a doctor's office and we trust the doctors as we should because they have spent years at medical school and we are not given every option. We're only given options that make them money. And I also want to preface that at medical school, they do not spend hours learning about a woman's cycle. They do not understand the fertility awareness method. If you walk into most doctors, unless they've done their own research and you say the fertility awareness method, they are going to think that you mean, oh, women ovulate on day 14, but actually only about 30% of women ovulate on day 14. That's not the fertility awareness method. The fertility awareness method is know when you ovulate. So I ovulate on day 18, for example, know your signs of ovulation, know the way in which your body reacts to stress. So I know that my body's really sensitive to stress. So if I've been stressed, it's probably going to push off ovulation. So I need to factor that in that like day 18 could become day 23 next cycle. And that's what the fertility awareness method is. That shit is empowering because you actually understand your body. And let me tell you, there is nothing more empowering than knowing your own cycle and knowing like I can feel pregnant right now. I can't X, Y, and Z. So with the IUD, with the pill and all that kind of stuff, any hormonal birth control, the reason why it's bad for your body is because it shuts down. Let's talk about the pill first. So the pill actually stops the connection between your brain and your ovaries. So your brain talks to your ovaries. This is on very simple terms. Your brain talks to your ovaries and is like, you know, now we ovulate. Now we release this hormone. Now we release this hormone. And that's how you have your cycle. And the pill is powerful enough to shut down that pathway of communication, which is fucking creepy in itself. And then the IUD, that works a little bit differently. You've got that release of progesterone and also just the sheer fact of having a foreign object in your womb. It's like, it's very unlikely to then have a fetus growing in there. But I also want to say babies still grow even when there's an IUD. Like there's been babies born with IUDs lodged in their head, their skull. It's not an uncommon thing for women to fall pregnant on the IUD either. Something else that annoys about the IUD is that if you go to a doctor, your doctor should be telling you, like warning you, if you haven't had kids yet and you want to have kids, you shouldn't be having an IUD because it can get dislodged and then you may not be able to have kids in the future. And like that, even in itself, it's like, why aren't doctors telling us that? Because that could ruin your ability to have children, right? So with your cycle, it's not just about your period itself. It's really about ovulation. So when a woman has her cycle, we have like our four different phases and we allow ourselves to feel like every emotion under the sun in a really beautiful way. And it shouldn't be like you feel high as a fucking kite in ovulation. And then in your luteal phase, you want to like punch your boyfriend in the face and murder five people. <laughs> That's not what it should be. It should be how your cycle should look is that 
during your bleed, it's like that introverted time, right? You get to go inwards, you get to relax, you get to reflect on things over the last month, that kind of stuff. Then as you come into your follicular phase and ovulation, you get more energy, you can work out more, you go out with more friends, you can stay up later, you can do more presentations at work, all that amazing stuff. Then in your luteal phase, less presentations at work, more analytical stuff, slow it down, bring it into the bleed. Now, by having that cycle, it actually means that if you follow that, you won't burn out because you are giving yourself rest time and then you get to enjoy the highs. So that's what that is. Like if you even think about it, a lot of men, not saying all, but they can be better at doing, well, one, their nervous system is different. So they can, it takes them a lot longer to burn out than it takes a woman. So when women are trying to be men in the workplace, it's just like, you literally cannot be a man because you are not wired the same way. So I'm like, stop doing that because you're making yourself lose because you're going to burn out faster, which will make you actually lose if you're trying to do this like winning thing. And their cycle is only 24 hours, right? Whereas ours is 30 days, theirs is... 24 hours, correct? Exactly. So in the evening, that's why, for example, when your man comes home, he's tired. He's like, I don't want to talk, babe. I just need to chill for a bit. And you're like, no, I want to see you. It's like, we're on like different fucking planets, right? (laughs) And so they're a lot better at coming home and like switching off and just being like, I'm done. I need to relax X, Y, and Z, right? So they, it takes them longer to burn out because they're really better at like just feeling that and honoring it. Whereas women, it's like this pressure from society of like, I got to be a girl boss, a superwoman, X, Y, and Z. I need to be going all the time, achieving. And that's what causes the burnout. So when you ovulate also, when you ovulate, coming up to ovulation, you have this rise of estrogen. When you ovulate after that, you actually release all this estrogen. You also need to have a good gut lining to then poo it all out. That's how it gets released. And a lot of women, when they're not ovulating, right, because they're not having a natural cycle, you keep all this estrogen in your system, whether it's fake from the pill or whether you're, you got PCOS and you're not ovulating. So it's real estrogen, but it's actually becoming toxic. And estrogen is what feeds endometriosis. It's what feeds breast cancer and ovarian cysts. Like that estrogen, it's not good for you. And it's just like cortisol. We want a good amount of cortisol in our body, but we don't want too much cortisol in our body. It's the exact same thing as estrogen. And there's different types of estrogen, but I'm just saying estrogen as like a blanket statement. So point being is like, when you have a healthy cycle, your body is going to be in rhythm with things. You're going to feel good. You're going to have a great libido and you're going to allow yourself to feel the different kind of versions of you in your cycle. And by honoring the different versions of you, you'll actually be able to enjoy it because it's kind of like that absence makes, makes the heart grow fonder of like in your luteal phase, you kind of like, or when you're bleeding, you miss your ovulation phase. But then when it comes around, you really enjoy it. And then you enjoy your downtime, you enjoy your analytical time and you can use that to your benefit. And women are trying to be men. They're trying to be the same every day. And the reality is that you can't be the same every day. So if you're trying to go into the office on day 27 of your cycle operating like you're on day 13. It's like, you just, you literally can't. And so this is why women beat themselves up or feel frustrated. Why am I so tired today? Have 10 coffees. And it's just like, that isn't helping the problem whatsoever. It's really about understanding your cycle. If you understand your cycle as a woman, I honestly believe that if you want to put it in like a, who's going to win men or women, women could win if you understand your cycle, but women are trying to be men instead of playing in their own lane and trying to be women. If you just focus on being a woman, you will fucking succeed in life. But if you're trying to be somebody else, you're literally not a man. So you're not going to succeed by trying to be one. Yeah. I love that. And it makes me so excited for getting off the IUD and reconnecting with my cycle because I totally understand how like being on birth control or being on an IUD and not getting your periods doesn't even like allow you to tap into that cyclical nature of who you are. And it doesn't allow you to optimize from there. Exactly. So if somebody is on the IUD, selfish question, but I'm sure people listening can relate to this. If you're on the IUD and you're getting off of it, I've read a lot of terrifying things about how long it can take you to get your period back, just depending on how long you've been on birth control for. How can you work on kind of like accelerating that? So first thing is every single person is different. So what your body, I actually really want to make this very clear. Whatever your body is doing, it's not broken. It's not wrong. It's always trying to protect itself. It's trying to do the right thing. It's just that you want to support it. So everyone's different, but as a rule of thumb, you want to be preparing your body to come off the hormonal birth control, whatever hormonal birth control you're on, whether it's IUD, pill, X, Y, and Z, three months prior. So I've got a hormonal birth control, like coming off hormonal birth control masterclass. If anybody wants like a full on plan for three months, but you want to be looking at things like all your vitamins. So when you're on the pill, for example, 
all of your nutrient stores get depleted. And if you're on the IUD, it's going to be pretty similar. It's a little bit different just because the IUD is slightly different to the pill. But as like a general consensus, you're going to have too much estrogen in your body. You're probably going to have not enough progesterone in your body. You don't have a cycle. And so the, well, actually with the IUD, some women can have a cycle sometimes. It's The IUD is a little bit different in that everybody reacts a little bit differently to it. And some women can ovulate sometimes, not the other. Some women bleed, some women don't. So it's a little bit different for everyone. But as the bottom line is that you've had a foreign object in your body, you want to be looking at things like inflammation, your immunity levels. And in order to support your cycle to come back and be really healthy, there's so many different things, but you want to be eating as a bare minimum, a very nutrient dense diet in order for you to just support your body to feel safe to bring your cycle back. So think of it like this, your cycle isn't going to come back until your subconscious brain, not even your conscious, your subconscious brain is like the world is safe around me to make a baby. Okay. So if you, a lot of women, their um, cycles have gone absolute skew F during COVID. I don't know one person, me included, that hasn't had some sort of hormonal issue. And the reason is, is that because we've now gotten to a stage even just now is that like all of us are subconsciously so fucking stressed and we don't realize it because we've just become like accustomed to this new way of living. Fearful of the future. Exactly. A lot of us are stressed about the future our relationships are hanging on by a fucking thread or we're not in a relationship and our dating life's making us stressed because we're like where the fuck are we going to find our husband right now we can't go out and be social with our friends we're not getting the usual hit of dopamine and serotonin we're inside all day we're not feeling like we're achieving as much as what we normally would achieve so that's making us feel really down and stressed about ourselves a lot of us are really far away from our families and super homesick and all of these little things combined are creating this environment in our brain where it's like oh the world isn't safe so i can't have a baby right now. And as a result, your cycle is going to show that to you, whether it's you not getting your period back after hormonal birth control, whether it's you having your period go MIA during COVID, whether it's your cycle becoming really long, whether it's hormonal acne all of a sudden happening. I'm sure you've seen even like Vogue's written about it of like, this new adult acne that's come out and it's like COVID acne. And it's not even about the mask wearing. It's about this level of stress that no, like people aren't used to yet. And now all of these women are getting adult acne and men included because of this deep level of stress that we can't fucking shake. And it's causing our adrenals to just like explode. And that affects the cortisol on your body and then your skin and all that kind of stuff. So look at things like how nutrient dense is your diet, things like B vitamins, K vitamins, A vitamins, um, vitamin D, magnesium, zinc, all those micronutrients and vitamins and minerals, because if your body is deficient in them, that can create a stress response where it's like, oh, I don't have enough of this. My body is stressed then because it's like hanging on by a thread and therefore your period's not going to come back. For example, B vitamins are really amazing for stress reduction. And if you're low on B vitamins, you may not even know this, but your body's feeling a little bit stressed. Your adrenals are like struggling. That's going to affect your HPA axis and that's going to affect your body's ability to get your period back. So it's kind of like, it's everything. And in terms of like the woo side, connecting to your feminine, slowing down, doing things that you love doing, connecting to your body, meditating, dancing, having long baths, sending energy to your womb, hugging your body, touching your body, self-pleasure, all that kind of stuff. They're the things that you want to do to be like connecting you back to your feminine, to pleasure, to passion, to all the juicy things. And tactically, like, how do you shift yourself into that more feminine energy? I feel like, especially as entrepreneurs all day, we're following a schedule, we're delegating tasks, we're being that boss version of ourselves. But how do you like shift after a long day of being in your masculine? I love this question because I feel like on Instagram, there are a lot of feminine coaches that are really like watery, earthy elements. So I'm a double fire and an air, if anyone's into astrology. So I'm a double Sag and a Gemini and I'm an Enneagram eight and I'm a generator. So there's like a lot of energy. And I always used to think because I'm so fiery by nature, like, oh, I'm just not feminine. I'm just masculine. And the feminine isn't about whether you're fiery or earthy. The feminine was all about that receptive energy. It's about being receptive to your environment, to the people around you, slowing down, looking after yourself, going inwards and just honoring what your body needs, what your heart needs. So for 
example, I can be super fiery during the day on my client calls, on a podcast call. Like I'm a really fast talker as what many of you would realize right now. <laughs> and like, I'm super passionate about my job and all that kind of stuff. So I just like, can't get the inf- information out faster, but I have learned to become so strong in my boundaries and that the masculine boundaries creates the safety for me to be in my feminine. So it's like, as soon as I switch off from this, it's like, I'm done for the night. I have a bath. I slow down. We make dinner. We watch some TV or I read my book and everything is about like, what do I feel like doing right now? So even during the day, for example, it's like, I wear nice clothes. I only wear really fancy lingerie because that makes me feel sexy. So even when I go to the toilet, it's like, I feel sexy looking at my underwear. It can be little things like I light candles at my desk. I always have like a tea or a water. Wearing earrings can make you feel feminine. Like it can anchor you into that. I have really slow mornings. I do not have a strict morning routine. I feel into what I want to do in every morning. So some mornings it's like journaling and Pilates and walking and jelly, my puppy. Other mornings it's like no journaling and no meditating. It's just Pilates and je- I mean, I will say one thing, it's like a masculine thing for my feminine is I exercise every morning, pretty much no question asked unless I'm really sick or something. And that is because it makes me feel so good. So it's a masculine structured thing that is actually feeding my feminine. So I feel like there's a little bit confusion sometimes, even with entrepreneurs of like, well, if I'm feminine, I'm like, I'm not going to get anything done all day. Like I need structure. And what I want to say to that is because of the way our nervous systems work, your feminine won't feel safe to be flourishing if there isn't masculine structure. So your structure of like sit down at your desk for your first client at 11, finish at five or whatever it is. And like, I've got these three things to do today, blah, blah, blah. And the rest of the time I can flow that structure actually allows your feminine to feel safe to flow because if there was no structure, your feminine would be stressed that like you're going to miss appointments. Things aren't going to be done. Like, you know, clients are waiting on calls. So you need the structure. It's just about not becoming so structured that you're not enjoying it. So some people just become so rigid where they're doing it from this. Generally women are doing it from like an ego place. So if you're tuning into your heart you're generally not going to overdo it because your heart's going to say to you, like, I'm tired. I want to slow down. But if you're like, no, I got to keep hustling and achieving. And if I don't do this, then I'm not going to get the validation from dad. That's that masculine energy. It's coming from your head. And even if you feel into like the masculine structures of what masculine structure do I need right now, that can come from a heart space. So even with like me moving right now, it's like, in order for me to feel like half grounded, because obviously moving is already really ungrounding, what masculine structures do I need right now so I can feel as grounded as possible? And it's things like getting my EA to have like every single fucking thing planned out. I want to know every detail to like literally to the point of she's like, Air France says that you need a hundred milliliters like of hand sanitizer. I'm like, do you have to? She's like, I don't know, but just fucking take it. And I'm like, amen. Mm-hmm. Because that <laughs> allows me to be like, I know that when I fly tomorrow, like I have fucking everything. Obviously I had to pack my house up and move. So like other masculine structures is knowing like, what time is James going to come and to my house and pack all my shit up? What time is like this person going to come? When is this going to happen? It's like, it's all of those things that make me kind of relax and be like, I'm being looked after. Even little things like I had a meltdown this morning, for example, because I was just like feeling the feelings. Right. And it was like, I needed him to come over because I just was like, I just want the boxes out of my house. I know you can come once I've gone, but I want them gone. And in that moment, it was like, what does my feminine need? And it was like, she needs to know that he is going to come over, get these boxes. We're going to have a proper goodbye and she's going to be fine. And because I got that, like I knew that's all I needed. I don't feel stressed about going tomorrow. I don't feel anxious. I don't feel upset. It's like, I got what I needed. And it's just like so many women aren't honoring what their feminine needs. It's very from like a headspace of like, well, what should I ask for? What should I do? And it's like, even with my meltdown this morning, it's like, oh, well, I shouldn't ask for that from a person. And it's like, well, actually I can ask for that from a person. And if I'm asking from like a heart space of like, I need this in order to feel grounded. and like, please, can you do this for me? It's very different from like, no, you fucking said that you would do this. Like, rah, rah, rah. And coming from this like ego headspace or being like, oh yeah, whatever. I'm cool with not seeing you or I'm cool with you doing it later. And then resenting him. And that's a very common thing with women of us not voicing our desires, like us not giving ourselves permission to express our feminine because she's wild and she's emotional and she's unexpected. And, 
you know, she can be a bit like ungrounded sometimes when she's feeling a bit chaotic and we're like, no, got to play it cool. And then all that does is create resentment and actually just creates mistrust is all it does. So it's all of those kind of things as entrepreneurs. Cause I feel like as someone that is like, if you're wanting to be like a successful feminine leader in your area of expertise, I feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves of like, we have to show up in a certain way. We have to be working all the time. And there's this like societal expectation of like, if you're not burnt out or if you're not hustling or if you don't have bags under your eyes, then you're not working hard enough. And we just need to like change that fucking paradigm because it's not the vibe. And you might have that, but if you look at the leaders that are women that work like that, I can say 95% of them have either shit relationships or no relationships. And behind the scenes, they're really unhappy. And what I'm trying to create, and I'm going to say you are as well, Christina, is like women that have everything. We've got the dream business, but it's not taking away from our desire to have a family if that's what you desire or our desire to be in a relationship and have time for that kind of stuff. And I feel like it takes people a while, especially as entrepreneurs to find like a balance that works for them. Because I feel like when you're starting as an entrepreneur, you're so in that hustle phase, you're looking up to people like Gary Vee, which I think he has, you know, some great things to say, but I think a lot of like the messaging, especially for women is toxic in practice and it can just drive you into complete burnout. So I agree with everything you said. A lot of those books are written for men. Like all those books of like the 4am work week, that's not a book. I just blended two together, (laughs) didn't I? Whatever. All those ones where it's like the 4am whatever and like X, Y, and Z. And I'm not saying these guys are bad or anything. I'm not saying their words are wrong at all, but those things are amazing for men. They're not amazing for women. And if you're a woman that's read like the 4am, I feel like it's like a 4am start to the day or whatever, whatever. It's for, yeah, for it. Yeah. For it. Something like that. Right. We all know that we all know the book that I'm talking about. You might do that for three months and be like, oh, this is amazing. But I can hundred percent guarantee you after about three months, you will just hit a wall where you're like, fuck this shit, I'm done. And you'll have a tantrum about it and you will go to the opposite where you now you don't get out of bed until 10 a.m. And that's the problem. Like doing these ridiculous masculine structures that are not turning you on and your feminine are not sustainable. And it's like women are running these businesses in the most unsustainable, inauthentic, like out of integrity kind of ways and they don't last. So I'm like, what's the point of running your business like that anyway? Do you do different things during different phases of your cycle? Yeah, I do to an extent. I try and keep myself really relatable in that like we have to live our life and I can't just be like, oh, I don't feel like doing that because I'm in my luteal phase, right? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think you'd have any friends. <laughs> no, right. And it's just like there's, there's a line. There's always a line where if you're wanting to be a successful leader and everyone's got a different definition of success, but for my definition of success, if I want to be a successful leader and the type of person that I want to be in the future, she can't just be like, Oh, I'm in my luteal phase. I don't feel like doing that because there's 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 a time and a place for that. And there's also a time and a place where you need to have the discipline to show up because people are relying on you and you don't want to become unreliable because you're so in your feminine that you don't have that discipline. So that's kind of where that line is. So for example, if I need to do my like accounts, which I don't do, but if I ever, when I used to have to do my accounts, I would save that for my luteal phase because I am more analytical when it comes to like visionary things, like planning things. And, you know, maybe like sometimes I get these really random feelings and it's always in my luteal phase where I just want to like redo all my funnels. I'll do that in my luteal phase and I'll honor that. And when I'm bleeding, I will not fill my calendar full of clients. Like I will take what I need to take, but I'm not going to like jam more in. I'm very clear about that with my assistant of like, we don't jam Monica's calendar full with like extra podcast interviews or extra clients. If we don't need to, when she's on our period, I do things like when I am ovulating and I can stay up a bit later because I have the energy. If I want to do work at nighttime, or if I want to get out of bed earlier to start the day earlier, then I will. But the bottom line is if you tune in, you will get those messages of what you want to do in those different phases and then just follow those inklings. So I honestly just honor how I'm feeling in every different phase of my cycle. And that's it. I'm more sensitive around in my luteal phase when I'm on my period. I won't, I won't exercise too much when I'm bleeding. For example, I'll go to bed early. I'll eat more grounding foods, have more bone broth. I kind of nourish my cycle in more so those ways because I like to be like 
reliable in my business in that it's like, I don't want to reschedule my clients a million times because it's like, oh, I don't feel like it's doing it today. That's just not my personality. For some people that works for them, it's just not my personality. I also try and make sure that I'm not like about to like launch something when I'm bleeding, but also I don't really give a fuck if I am because I launch based on like when I feel the vibe and also when I'm launching and we can talk about something that you wanted to kind of jam on this too. When I'm launching, I'm not in like output energy. I'm in like receivership energy. So I don't need to be like having a shit ton of energy because I'm going to go on like 50 fucking lives a day. I'm like in the bath chilling, receiving my clients, doing fucking nothing. So it doesn't really affect me even if I am launching when I'm bleeding because it's about the energy of it. Yeah. I want to talk about, like you mentioned, like how you built your coaching business and kind of like your top tips for anyone listening that has a coaching business that's similar to yours. I do want to ask quickly though, a lot of what you work on with your clients is around confidence, increasing sex drive, really just like improving your overall passion. What would be your tips for people that are either in long-term relationships and things have gotten pretty stale or for someone that's kind of like, I don't know, maybe dating, but needs to kind of reignite the fire. And this is a conversation maybe that exists outside of COVID (laughs) with the dating. (laughs) Yes. So this is in terms of libido, right? Yeah. Okay. So the thing with libido is there are always two sides. Yes, there is a hormonal side, but often the hormonal side has been set off by the energetic side of things. So I'll paint a picture. You're stressed at work. You hate your job. Everything's shit. That's making you stressed out. So you're not struggling already. Then you come home and you don't know how to ask what you want. You don't know how to receive. So you start biting your boyfriend's head off. That makes you more stressed, more cortisol is released. And then that's what's actually making the cortisol is making your libido plummet. So you have no libido, but the root problem is your job. And then you biting your head off at your boyfriend. That's the root problem. So people then go to like nothing against doctors, naturopaths, anything like that. But like they'll go and get like herbs for libido, but the herbs, like their body isn't deprived of fucking herbs. Their body is deprived of joy, happiness, simplicity, X, Y, and Z. So kind of figure out what the cause is, is like a really big thing. Number one. And I obviously do both sides of the physical body and the energetic body. I want to make sure that you're eating well, exercising, not filling your body full of shit food and drinking too much and X, Y, and Z. Obviously do that first. And then really look at like, what is out of alignment in my life? Another thing to ask yourself is like, where am I outputting too much energy? So what I mean by that is your libido is about your life force energy. So your life force energy is things like right now I'm so passionate about what we're talking about. So I'm full of life force energy. So right now I have a lot of life force energy. But if I was to then go and like hustle and grind at my job, because I thought that I couldn't just like get the clients by being me, I'm outputting all this energy from like this proving space. So I'm losing life force energy and therefore I'm depleted and exhausted in my body. And then therefore my libido drops because I don't have any life force energy versus things that fill up my life force energy is like being in the mountains, going for walks, doing like really fun podcasts like this, talking about shit, being with friends, X, Y, and Z. So what also happens is women are doing things in their life they fucking hate doing and it's really hard for them to do it. Like you'll know it because it feels like an uphill battle and that is you pushing all this energy, exerting all this energy out of your body and therefore you're losing all this energy and you're losing your life force energy and it's causing your libido to also drop. And you want to be bringing things in that are bringing in your life force energy. So things like, you know, dancing, wearing sexy lingerie, you know, going out with friends, all that kind of stuff. So when it comes to libido stuff and like spicing things up and let's talk about spicing things up, let's say in your relationship, a lot of people, a lot of women actually just blame it on their boyfriend or their partner of like, well, he's not like, you know, coming over and touching me. Like he's not making dinner for me anymore. He's not asking me out on date night. Like, you know, he's not grabbing my ass when I get into the apartment and slamming me up against the wall. And what people forget is that it's actually your job to like be exuding that sexual energy to that, that invites him to then do those things. So when you're blaming it on him, it's like, let's paint the picture of like, you're exhausted and he's exhausted and you both walk in the door. Is there any vibe of sex? Fuck no. You're not initiating it. He's not initiating it. You're not, ex- you're like waiting for him and blaming him. So even if he was looking sexy, you probably would just be like, no, you gotta fucking touch me. Right. And that comes into this whole emasculation thing that I also do. And uh, that's not a picture for amazing sex that night versus you 
take some chill time after work. You play some music, you're in the vibe, you put your perfume on that makes you feel sexy. Maybe you tie your hair up or you take your hair out. You're wearing your sexy lingerie, so you're already ready. And you maybe do a meditation before you get in the door or, you know, you have a bit of a dance on your way home, like down the fucking street or listen to your favorite music on the train home. And then you get in the door and you are exuding sexual energy and confidence and radiance. And I can guarantee you that picture is if he's already home, he turns around and is like, hello, right? And then we know what happens. The other way around could be the same in that you're already at home, which is often the situation where you come home earlier than he does. Um, You're already at home. You've put some music on, you've got some candles, you've had a bath, you've had a shower. Like you've gotten yourself feeling sexy and amazing for you. You no longer feel depleted from work. You've done the things to fill you up. He walks in the door. You give him time to have that transition period of work from home. He goes and chills. He watches TV for five minutes, whatever. So he's then like gotten out of his work mode because you do not want to pounce on a man when he's in his work mode because he's like, fuck off. And then you feel rejected. And you're like, why am I rejected? It's like, because you pounced on him <laughs> as you got the fucking door. Like he needs <laughs> yeah. to chill. And so then the other scenario is that, yeah, he's had his chill time. And then after like 20 minutes, half an hour, you then go over to him and you sit down next to him. And again, you're exuding all this energy or he, or he comes into the kitchen and you're making amazing dinner and you're feeling really sexy. And like, that is going to increase the libido in the relationship and the zest in the relationship because you are turning yourself on for you. And I often get asked by men of like the question of like, I just feel like sex fades. Like surely just like, it just fades. Right. And I'm like, well, it fades if neither of you put any effort into yourself. So that's the thing. If you are both putting effort into yourselves and making yourselves feel like these sexy, confident, amazing people, then imagine the energy when the two of you come together. But if you're both relying on the other person, well, nothing's going to happen because you're both relying on the other person. I always just say like really healthy, sexy, abundant relationships are the ones where two individuals are like, I am the shit. And then you come together and it's like the relationship is the fucking shit. That's the kind of stuff that's like hot as hell. That's amazing. And I can see why during COVID relationships probably suffered a lot because like commuting back from work, as silly as that sounds, that can be your time to like disconnect from work and reconnect to you and come home and like be that new person. Whereas now it's like, okay, I got it from my desk. Like what's the, where's the transformation there? So yeah, that's super helpful. And it's really important that you have that transition period. Even if you live alone and you're not in a relationship, that transition period is not for the other person. It's for you. So when you finish from work, still have that transition period of turning off, slowing down, doing whatever you need to do to come back into your body and give your man his transition period, whether it's playing PlayStation for 10 minutes or 20 minutes, whether it's watching TV, having a shower, talking to his friends, it doesn't matter what it is. Let him have his transition period and do not jump down his throat as soon as he gets in the door. I love that. I last want to talk a little bit about your top tips for getting clients. I know that your answer is probably not going to be as tactical as like launch on this date and do this webinar and blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> but I love it because I feel like there are probably a lot of people listening that do have similar businesses where they're really tapped into their feminine energy and have audiences that are really receptive to that. So when you're launching a program, walk me through like, I guess the most effective things for you specifically. So I always have to feel like launching it. If I don't feel excited about launching it, it's not going to go down well. So I have to feel excited about it. I have to feel like the content is just so transformational, which obviously I would never launch something that I don't feel like is. The bottom line is it's all about my vibe. I also focus on me being receptive. And if you are not deeply embodied in your feminine then you're not in that receptive energy. And it's like, you're receiving money, receiving clients, receiving opportunities, and that's receiving. So if you're just hustling and like doing an Instagram live every day and like putting up a million slides at exactly like 11.03, whatever, because that's (laughs) what fucking Instagram says. It's like, that is actually repelling clients and it's one, it's draining for you. So by the time you get to running the course, you're exhausted. Like how many times that happened to people where they're in a launch and they literally tell me I've had a launch. I'm just so tired. I'm like, what the fuck did you do in your launch? My launch is my chill time, right? Like I'm like having baths at 2 PM. And then, yeah. So you want to be really excited about launching it and be really in the vibe and not doing all this output, like not stressing yourself, like, like that sort of shit. You should, you should have proved to your audience that you are working 
worth the money and worth the investment that you know your shit before the launch. If you haven't done that already, like, what are you doing kind of thing? There's so much pressure on you otherwise during the launch, like show up a certain way and like, what if you get sick during the launch? What if you feel tired? What if something happens? What if you go through a breakup and all of a sudden you're expecting yourself to do all these Instagram lives because you need to get 20 people in the program. So I'm all about receptivity when I'm launching. I just, I show up when I want to show up. I do Instagram lives when I feel the vibe and that way they're not draining to me because I'm actually so full of energy and it's just channeling through me. My CMO, she will give me ideas of things to talk about because she's like removed from the business. So I love her ideas because it's always so good to get other people's ideas of things to talk about because I just think everyone knows everything, right? Because like I know it all. So I can forget what to even talk about. And she comes up with very simple things where I'm like, Oh, amazing idea. So she will give me ideas, but there is no set structure. I mean, I'm the boss anyway. Even if she told me do it on a Wednesday, I'd be like, I'll do it when I want to do it, which she doesn't tell me. So she gives me ideas. And then that allows me to like, think of more ideas or I'll be like, that's amazing. I'll do something on that. So I pick and choose, but nothing is structured. The only thing that is structured is that my assistant will send out my emails that I've written and that will be planned because like, it's just easy that way, but I've written them out beforehand because like I want to do that. So it's done. I have to think about it. Otherwise that is stressful. So I don't like having that stress kind of hanging over my head. And then what else do I do in a launch? I manifest, I cast my spells, I meditate, I have orgasms, I have sex. I do the stuff that makes me feel good. And when I'm feeling the vibe, the money comes in. When I am not feeling the vibe, when I am putting pressure on myself to have a certain amount of people in a program, or if it's like, if I fill this program, then I'll be happy. That isn't the vibe. And a lot of people don't realize that subconsciously it's like, they'll be happy when they have X amount of money or X amount of people in a program, they'll then feel fulfilled. And it's like, I really invite you guys to try and make yourself feel fulfilled with no one in the program. And so having the bath, like turning yourself on, doing things that you love, wearing sexy clothes, cooking in the middle of the day, having a, like, watching a movie in the middle of the day, those kind of things where you're like, fuck, I love my life. I created this for me. I created the ability to have a bath at 2 p.m. That's the energy that's receptive to people being in this crazy launch shit. Like you may prove to people like that, you know, your shit. I'm not saying that doesn't work. Those masculine structured launches, they work, of course. But if you want to be running your business from a feminine way, that shit ain't sustainable. The bottom line is you might do that once. You'll be exhausted by the time the program starts and you will start to hate launching. You'll start to be like, oh, I have a launch. I'm about to have to do an Instagram live every day for seven days or whatever it is. And the bottom line is that isn't sustainable. And I always kind of think ahead of like, so what happens the day that you're a mom, for example, you can't say, I'm going to do an Instagram live every day at 11 AM with a newborn. So as a woman, you're not setting yourself up for success. If you want to have a family, if you're running your business where you have to be so switched on and hyper-masculine all the time, it's just not going to work. And I believe that you can have everything, but I do not believe that you can be hustling in a business and maintain a healthy relationship, have a relationship, be deeply happy and be a mom and have a family. It's just not possible. But if you're deeply in your feminine where you can ask for help, you can hire people when you don't want to do shit and you've got no problem being like, I want help in this area. You're an amazing lover because you prioritize yourself and that you prioritize your relationship. And then you can also be a mom because everything's in flow. Like that shit is sustainable. But the way that I'm seeing some people run their business of like these structured as fuck launches, they may make a million dollars in that launch or whatever it is. But my argument is, is that shit sustainable? Absolutely fucking not. Like absolutely not. And none of that is woo-woo either. I feel like when you see other people launching online, you can feel the energy that they're feeling. And if people are coming from a place of desperation, you can feel that desperate energy. You can feel that scarce energy. You can feel that panicked energy. And that kind of stuff is not going to get you clients. And I also think it's like, I mean, just reconnecting to the beginning of our conversation, just deciding what feels the best for you and that you might learn some things from coaches that you maybe want to adapt in a different way. And, you know, some Thing that works for someone else is not going to work for you. And it's all about connecting to what feels good to you. So yeah, tune into your heart, like listen to your heart. I mean, I just always like to ask my clients, like, how do you want to launch it? Like think of, and it's so funny, the amount of people it's like, oh, well, what should I do? And I'm like, I didn't ask you that question. What do you, like, how do you want to launch it? And people, women's minds don't even go to, oh, well, I want to have a bath in the middle of the day. I don't want to do anything. 
it's like, oh, well, like I could do an Instagram live. I can do this. And it's like, no, 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 no. What do you want to be doing? It's like, that's the kind of question you want to ask yourself. And uh, I mean, yeah, take what works for you and like leave the rest that doesn't, that doesn't feel aligned. Experiment, play with it. Like just tune into what you want to do. But the bottom line is like, I always think like about sustainability and like, is this way of running my business really sustainable or am I going to burn out eventually kind of thing? And also if you are a coach or if you're anyone running a business where you want to work with people and you want to attract in people that are really aligned and not in like a victim mentality and you just want like soulmate easy clients, I personally do not believe sitting on, I'm just using Instagram live as an example, just because it's there. I, don't, I personally do not believe sitting on Instagram live every day with this crazy structure, trying to prove to people is actually the way to attract them in because they're most likely going to buy from like this, like, proved point rather than this, I trust you without needing to know, without needing to listen to you for seven hours during that week being like, oh, now she's good enough. They've just seen your content. They've seen your embodiment and they're just like, I want to be in her energy and I trust her wholeheartedly. Like those kind of clients where it's like, I don't even need to read the sales page. I don't even need to dig into you that much. I just know in my heart that you need to be my coach and you are going to be the woman. For me, they're the kind of clients where they get the best results because they have trusted their heart versus, and I've done it before where I have hired coaches based on like, you know, who else has worked with them or what they have, you know, written as like what they're going to do for me or, you know, this like pushy sales mentality from their end. I've bought their programs out of a like trauma response of like, I have to please them. I just have to do it. If I don't do this, my business won't succeed rather than this like soul aligned, she's the woman for me kind of place. And it obviously taught my lesson. So it was there for a reason and I made some great friends out of it, but yeah, just tune into your heart and please as a woman, don't feel the need to be doing these like fucking crazy launches that just exhaust you because they're not fun. And the reason why that you're running your own business is because it's meant to be more enjoyable and you're meant to have more freedom and you being in this structured routine that is not fucking freedom to me, you know? I agree. And I think it all comes down to like community and making those connections, right? Because like half of the work of a launch is what you're doing before the launch and between launches and the conversations that you're having in the DMs and things like that. Like people aren't going to, like you said, go onto your live, learn five points to blah, 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 and then convert into a client. Maybe some will, but I feel like most of those conversions, quote unquote, like come from the conversations that you're having with them in the DMs. Oh, amen. Because even like, this is why it's like exactly what you said, Christina, of like, it's between the launches. That's why you're proving yourself and why that's a good time to do that from like a logical perspective and like an energetic perspective is that you're not trying to sell during that time. So there's no pressure that you're putting out to the client. So it's natural, it's authentic. And I'm not saying selling is bad because I sell all the time, but it's like, it's from an authentic, like I want to sell this because I fucking love this program. I love my job and I love selling, but it's not from this like scarcity energy versus if you're in that scarce energy and trying to also prove to your, your ideal clients at the same time, you're putting yourself under a lot of pressure. But if you do that pre-launch, then what's so beautiful is that when a client finds you on Instagram or on your podcast, they can binge you for three days and be like, done, I'm in. Like you are my coach. And that happens to me where clients, like I found you, I binged you for a week and then they hired me. And that was because over time I have built like a whole library of resources, but it wasn't like a seven day kill myself grind. It was over time, a sustainable build. This has been such an amazing conversation and I'm like feeling inspired to incorporate my femininity more into my business. And I think you also gave some great points on when it comes to like launching quote unquote and getting clients and all that good stuff. So thank you so much for being on. Where can people find you on Instagram and all that stuff? Yeah. Instagram's the best place. It is. My handle is at Monica Yates health and my podcast is feminine as fuck. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on Monica. Thank you, Christina. Well, ladies, I hope that you enjoyed that juicy episode that we did with Christina, her podcast. We're going to put the link in below so you can check it out if you would like to, and you can follow her on Instagram. She is a powerhouse woman that has killed it when it comes to social media growth and, um, like being an influencer and, um, making money with like brands and all that kind of stuff. Um, so definitely check her out and she's got a really cute dog collar. So vibes, um, 
not as cute as jelly. Sorry, I'm biased. Um, Ladies, if you haven't gotten the bundle, get it like I mentioned, and then also start looking into Baba if that is something that maybe would interest you. For those of you wondering about Queen Alchemy and whatnot, that's going to be opening up for launching in August. So keep that in your calendar, August 1st, put that in your calendar. You can you can actually join Queen Alchemy now if you want to. So you can be emailing us now to secure your spot because there are limited spaces. And the last round we had was about 50 women. So there are limited spaces. So if you want to make sure that's locked and loaded now, then I would email us now. Um, and then the other thing that I was going to mention to you was... Oh, what else was I going to mention to you? Oh, one-on-one spaces. Some of you asked me, do I do one-on-one coaching? I do one-on-one coaching. I just don't advertise it very much because um, often my these like clients will come in and take those spaces before I even get a chance. So if you want to be a one-on-one client, then please make sure that you also email us. It's obviously a much bigger investment than doing a group program for many fucking reasons. One of them, you get me solely to yourself for six months um so if you feel like you want that one-on-one support slash you've got a shitload of trauma shitload of stuff that you want to deal with and you want to like do it once and do it well then working with me one-on-one is definitely um the best thing to do 